Cool. Good morning, everybody. Uh, so glad that you're here. If you're with us online, Karen in Las Vegas with your mom, we want to say welcome to you. Uh, Jamie and Patty at home, we want you here, but I'm assuming you're doing fun stuff at home. So welcome to you. We've got Margaret checking in online, Heidi, all of you. It's kind of fun to have people who are watching from various parts of the country. And so great welcome to you. Happy Mother's Day and happy Mother's Day to all of you here. Even guys, happy Mother's Day to you. Awkward. Anyway, good morning. Great. Yeah, tough crowd. All right. Well, uh, I'm so glad that you're here. Just a couple of things to think about. And we're going to go right to Psalm 42. So if you have a Bible, maybe you want to go there this morning. Uh, uh, we are opening our kids' classes. So if you're with us in the building and you have your third through fifth graders, we're going to ask you now. You could go off to your classes if you're not already there. All right. Cheer them on as they go. See ya. Love you. You're like, thank you. Let me get to my class. So uh, if, you're, if you're watching, wondering, we have our third, fifth grade at 11 o'clock, and we are going to open up more and more classes. Ultimately, we hope very soon to have all the classes for all the ages already open. With that in mind, uh, please mark this down, May 23rd. Uh, after this gathering at 11, which is about noon, 1230, there's going to be a kids leader training. Lunch will be provided. So if you've ever thought about serving with our kids, you do not have to have any experience Love Jesus and love people, and we'll find the role for you, whether it's uh, with crafts, whether it's with setup, small groups. There's all sorts of things, and in order to do this um, and have every class available, we just need more people. After a year off, we want to reorient. So if you've already done that and you're already in, and Jamie's already talked to you, fantastic. You don't need to come. But if you've not yet talked to Jamie, our kids director, and want to serve in some way, go to that uh, training and uh, no strings attached. If you, at the end of it, you're like, no, love you, but I'm not ready for it. No worries. All right. You get lunch. Anyway, we'll just charge you 30 bucks. Right. No, we won't. Anyway. We'll... All right. Well, uh, if you have your uh, community group discussion guide on your seat, just as a reminder, we're in the middle of our seven weeks. I think this is week four or maybe five. And so take this home with you. If you're watching online, download it. And uh, if you're in one of our groups, make sure that you have a good discussion the topic for today, I think, is going to really open up for some, um, some good learning together. Well, let's pray and we'll jump right in. Lord, we love you and we thank you that you never stop working, even though uh, we don't always see it. So Holy Spirit of God, we ask you to work in our hearts and minds as we look at the Bible, because we believe that they're inspired, breathed out by you for our building up, for our strength. It's real food. It's bread that we can eat. It's water that we can drink and live. And because you've said them, uh, we believe that they're true and trustworthy and, and worth our attention and our thinking about so that we can live your way, Lord Jesus. We, we pray for everyone here, whether uh, on-site or whether online, that is, is struggling deeply within their soul. Holy Spirit of God, you are the life giver, and we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe new life into everyone who feels like theirs is slipping away. Come in, God, in a way that we can't, and do what we cannot do. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said it with me. Amen. Amen. So obviously it's Mother's Day, and it's a great day of rejoicing for many of you. 
And so if you're a mom here, we do have something for you. If you're not a mom here, we do have something for you. For every lady, as you leave, there is a gift for you. Every guy, you could smile and pass it up. All right, so there's something for every lady as you leave. And uh, hopefully you, you got, if you are a mom, hopefully you got a card or a handwritten note. And uh, I, I love Mother's Day cards. Um, I, I read a few this week and I thought, oh, this is, this is so appropriate. Maybe you got something like this. Uh, quote, it's not easy being a mom. If it were, dad would do it. I think that's totally appropriate. I think it makes, the guy's like, uh-huh. And then uh, this is one I'm sending to my mom. Mom, I love you if you're watching. No matter what life throws at you, at least you don't have ugly children. <laughs> mom, you did great. <laughs> and then you have the apologetic ones. I love it. It's a great time to say you're sorry to your mom. Happy Mother's Day. I'm sorry for kicking you in the womb which you weren't aware of it, but this one's really appropriate, especially if you had uh, some struggles in your middle years. Thank you for giving me life, mom, and thank you for not taking it back during my teenage years. Some of you are like, uh-huh, I'm gonna get that card right now. Well, today is a, d a day of like joy for some, and it's also a day of sadness for others. My mom is still alive, and she watches every week, and uh, she lives in Southern Oregon, and we've got a great relationship uh, she's been a part of my life all these years, always involved, always encouraging, always praying, and, and she's a source of strength for our whole family. And I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for that, and I recognize that is not everyone's story. So while we rejoice, the Bible says rejoice with those who are rejoicing. It also says mourn with those who mourn. And we have to remember, it's a good reminder, as you go about today and any holiday, what's good for some is painful for others. Uh, some of you don't have a relationship with your mom at all, or worse, you have a relationship that's very tense. And, and so we, we mourn with you. Some of you, you've lost your mom. Uh, she's no longer with us. And the days like today are only a reminder of what was and is no longer. And, and sometimes regret because you wish you would have done more, and we remember that. Or others, you long to be a mom, or you long for a relationship, and right now, that's not a reality, and, and we understand. My wife and I, it was our story. We were married for many years before being able to even have any children, and we got to the conclusion that we weren't going to have any biological children, and so I understand that as well. So today is a day. It's not a sadness for all, but we, we ought to be sensitive. Don't you agree? We're the family of God. We love everybody, and so share love today in a way that makes sense. So what, what I want to do is, this is not a Mother's Day message, it's a message for humans. Um, we want to speak to our soul. What do we do uh, in a season of collective discouragement? Uh, we're in one of those strange times in history where there's so much bad or sad or unknown going on. Uh, we're a year into a pandemic, and and you may be a glass is half full kind of person. I am. I tip on the scale to me. There's always good. The glass is always full. Even if it's empty of water, it's full of air. It's amazing. The best is yet to come. And, but even that, after so much bad news and so many headlines, it's easy to get discouraged, isn't it? It's just easy to be sad for even no known specific reason. So what do we do with our discouragement? What do we do with anxious Thoughts, anxious moments, anxious days. What do we do when we find ourselves from joy slipping into depression? Thankfully, the Bible speaks to that. And so what I want to do is 
remind you, you and I are called to speak to our soul. Where do I get that? Well, we're going to read Psalm 42. Don't worry, we'll, we'll be back in Revelation. We have 16 more messages from the final chapter. No, just kidding. We don't have 16. But we do have three more, which I'm really excited about, to kind of put a bow on it and leave with these messages of hope from Revelation. Uh, at the end of it, we'll, we'll look at those over the next three weeks. But for today, we want to look at Psalm 42 because uh, this is a song that speaks to our moments and what to do when life is not good or doesn't feel good to you. Let's just read the whole thing, and, and then I want us to think about it. Psalm 42 says, For the director of music, a Moscow from the sons of Korah, uh, verse 1, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Some of you already have a song in your head. Like you, this is one of those famous psalms. Do you know, you know which one I'm talking about? All right, one, two, three, go. Okay, you, uh, oh, thank you very much. Online, you have no idea how bad the singing is right here. You have no, uh, you, you know, being at home may be an advantage. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, yeah, we, we can't even, we, and as a matter of fact, there's a song, As the Deer Panteth for the Water, those of you old school people, Panteth for the Water. It's, this is such a, a popular psalm because it speaks to the emotion of how we feel like we're going to give up if we don't get something new. As deer pants is desperate for streams of water, so my soul is desperate. Pants for you, my God. He says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go to meet with God? He wants to meet with God. Look at verse 3. My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where's your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of, of joy and praise amongst the festive throng. So there's a huge crowd and meeting with God and he sees himself there, but that's not what's going on right now. Verse five is where he is. Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Ever been there? Like everyone else is having a party and you're stuck in a pit. Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. And then he goes back to it. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls the deep in the roar of your waterfalls all your waves and breakers, this is a graphic, have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by my enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where's your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. All right, hopefully that varied reading, I don't know if I got it right, but you do know that songs bring out 
emotions. What are the Psalms? What are they? What are they there for? We know that if you're a Bible reader, you gravitate towards it. One, they're short. Second, they're poetry. And poetry or lyrics or songs, notice at the top, it says, for the director of music. The Psalms are the songbook of the Bible. And sometimes you don't need a lecture. You ever been in that moment where you don't want someone to give you a lecture? You don't need 10 steps. You need to put on your favorite song, right? Many times we have like a lyric, a melody, and whether it's a relational melody and it brings you back to when things were good in your relationship and you wanted to dance to it together even though you're fighting right now. Or just a song that speaks of reality and that's not your reality, so you throw on the music because it, it soothes you. What is it about music that gets us at the deepest level? Well, it's because we're relational people. God made us that way. And lyrics are able to do what long lists can't. They speak to our emotion and not just our mind. But hear, hear this. The Psalms are not throwaways. They're not like fillers. They're supposed to teach us. And so what I want to do before we look at actually this Psalm is no matter what Psalm you're looking, whenever you're reading it, I want you to look for three things. You're like, how do I learn? Because they're supposed to be instructive. How do I learn from the Psalms, write these three things down because it's really going to help as you navigate all 150. No matter when you're reading them, look for three things. The first thing, look for parallels, all right? This sounds fancy, but it's actually quite simple. The line speaks to another line. Sometimes they say the same thing. Sometimes they say the opposite thing. I'm supposed to look at the lines. That's what you do at poetry. You look for parallelism. So let's just do it with this one. Verse one, as the deer pants. Longing for what? Water. So my soul pants. It's the same thing. So, so a deer, and you're talking in the Middle East. This animal is going to die without water. And so like an animal desperately looking for a drink, so my soul is desperately looking for God. And then, and then the parallel, verse 2. The deer pants in verse one, my soul thirsts. For who? For God, the living God. So, so what you want to do is when you're trying to, what is this teaching me? I'm looking to see how the lines relate and how they're speaking to real things. Even though the Psalms are filled with images, they're not throwaways. They're meant to teach us. Second thing, look for the vivid imagery because it's supposed to bring us to a mental picture. Verse three, notice, my tears have been, and here's the image, my food day and night. How many of you had tears for breakfast? You filled your bowl with tears. But the psalmist is saying his experience is so harsh that the imagery is supposed to point you to how good or how bad things are. While people say to me all day, where is your God? So I could get this visual. Your friends are supposed to comfort you, but here's this person. Do you, do, have you ever, I'm a crier. Some of you aren't. That's a shame. Um, I think crying is a beautiful thing. Expressing your, if you don't, that, that, it is okay. Um, but I just can't relate to you. But have you ever cried so harsh and heavy that you felt like you were heaving? Like I can't even stop. Like, when your soul, do you ever, uh, have you ever heard news and it, here's a 
vivid phrase, it punched you in the gut. Like suddenly, I can't even stand straight. Well, well, the psalmist is bringing us into that. Things are so bad, it's like he's living off of his own tears. All right, it's not literal, but he's saying life can be like this. And we can relate to that. The third thing I want to look for, so where do the images take me, right? This is extreme sadness. The third thing I want to look for is in the psalm, what's repeated? Because good lyricists, good songwriters repeat the right phrase again and again and again. It's like any top 40 song right now, there are three lines. And it's a hit. Your hit songs are a few lines repeated again and again and again. And, and, and you find yourself singing it again and again and again because it's supposed to teach us. So the lines here, if you want to know what this is about, it's a question. Where are you, God? Where is your God from someone else? So multiple times the psalmist is going to say, his friends are saying, where's God? And the second thing that's repeated again and again is, why, my soul, are you down? Why are you so disturbed? Where is God and why am I so messed up? I know God, God feels far, and my soul is a wreck. Now, We'll look at this psalm and how it speaks to how we're called to speak to our soul. But I want us to think first before, uh, before we get to that, why is our soul so sad at times? Why is this person going through these things? Here's the cool part. In some of the psalms, they give you the answer. King David has his armies literally surrounding him and he writes music or he's running. King David is not a king yet. He's running from Saul who's trying to kill him and he gives us the details. I am being chased by my enemy. Here, we don't get anything. And I think it's really helpful. It's why we relate to it. It's like love songs. Even if the details of your relationship are different, we can relate to love songs because the connected feeling. Here, we don't know. So we can throw ourselves in it. And so let's just, let's just step into this psalm. This psalm is for every student who's trying to learn by screen. Why is my soul so downcast on Monday morning when the Zoom call goes ding? It's because life was not supposed to be that way. This is, we step into it. It's like every parent trying to navigate your family through so many disturbing things. If you're a mom or a dad or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, you're trying to lead younger people. You're trying to guide people you love in such hard times. I was uh, meeting with a, a pastor friend on uh, Thursday for lunch, and we get together every couple of months just to, you know, catch up and encourage one another. And it had been, it had been a while since we've been able to get together and so we spent the entire lunch, we said, start with family. How's your family? And then I shared how my family was. And then how are things at church? And I actually said, well, well, let me just catch up from last summer and quickly shot everything that's happened since last summer. And at the end, I was like, dang. Like I had never said it all in one setting. All the things that have happened just since last summer. And I'm like, it was almost a collective sigh. Like, he's like, wow. I'm like, wow, I didn't feel like it was that much until I actually said it. And, and, and in essence, that's what you're getting in the psalm is, is they're pouring out what's 
really going on, but sometimes you don't take the time to do it. It's, um, it's like every business owner trying to navigate business in today's marketplace where there are so many unknowns and some people are wondering, are they going to have to let people go? And if you're a business owner, you may be wondering, how am I going to hire qualified people? Either way, how to navigate your business, we can relate to this psalm. This is, this is for us. It's like every human being trying to connect deeply with other humans in a, in a world of disinfection where it's like, hey, before you come in and worship, like, sterilize. And keep your mask on and stay six feet apart and live close. And, and if you have felt soul sapped, you're not weird, you're human. And so Psalm 42 is, is part of God's gift to us on what we do when it feels like we're slipping, when it feels like I'm not gonna be okay, when it feels like, I don't know, everyone else seems happy, but, but I don't, I want you to catch this. We'll put it on the screen for you to see at home and hear. Verse nine, notice what he says. I say, the psalmist, to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Stop. I want you to read that. God, my rock? Well, a rock is a place of strength and a source of hope and stable. But you know what he says to God? I feel forgotten. Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by my enemy, which goes to the nature of the rock? A rock is a defense. A rock is stable and protective, but he feels exposed because it seems like the enemy's winning. What is that? seem to feel like. Verse 10, my bones suffer mortal agony. You ever been so hurt in your soul that it just shows up in your body? You can't get out of bed. Or you just want to get back under the covers. Or it seems to ache. The whole idea of, oh, you must have some heartache is not just a metaphor Sometimes it feels like it's hard to breathe because your soul is hurt. Okay, uh, thank you, Jose, for destroying Mother's Day. We appreciate it. Well, what we need to do is remember that we all have times of trouble. And today is a, is a day of joy for some and a day of sorrow for others. So what are the causes? I want to look at the causes for us. This is not in the psalm, but we need to think about it. Because they have their circumstance, which is causing them to really rethink God. The psalmist is rethinking God. God, my rock, why have you abandoned me? And, and you can feel like that. I think there's at least three uh, things that we need to address when our soul feels sick or discouraged or just plain destroyed. I think the first is, and you see it many times in the Psalms, is personal failure. When we have done something and we know it's wrong or we failed to do something, we should have done the good and we didn't do it and we see the repercussions, sometimes it impacts our soul and it, it actually impacts our view of God because we're wondering, God, if you're so good, how could I be in such a mess? How could this happen? Especially if we're on the receiving end of someone else's bad behavior. So personal failure can can do that. It could have been failure from decades ago. It could have been failure from last night. It could have been failure on the way coming here this morning. 
the psalmists are often feeling like I got to go to God because I, I have done something. And if that's you, here's just my word to you. Don't hide it. Don't run. Don't pretend. Don't stuff. But come clean. The psalmist says it. Pours out their heart to God. What's really going on. And I would encourage you, if you're in a soul-sapped state, that you would go to people who follow Jesus and care about you and are not going to judge you, which means don't tell it to a crowd, tell it to a few, and be honest and say, hey, I need to let you in, and I'm just going gonna, to let it out. And this is important for us, and it's why we are called to, in the New Testament, bear one another's burdens. Because if you keep it in your soul, it will impact your view of God. It will affect the way you see God. You will feel abandoned by God if you don't address. I think of some of the other Psalms. I think it's Psalm 51. And and the Psalmist says, man, you, it's against you, O Lord, that I've sinned. And he starts to spill out all of his sins. And he's like, I've done it, I've done it, I've done it. And by the end of the Psalm, he finds relief. Because in confession, there's a beautiful Uh, activity in the soul. Okay, so it could be things that you've failed in. It could be broken relationships. So much of the brokenness in our soul comes from the way we're connected or not connected to other people. It could be your family situation right now. The thought of a family meal is disheartening. Uh, You run from it. You avoid it. And and because of something that's happened to you or something you've done, um, or, or just the collective breakdown in communication. It's, I, I know I'm saying this a lot, but it needs to be said a lot. We're in such a polarized time, you, you, you can't even have a civil conversation about anything. Okay, if you're going to have lunch after this, do me a favor. Bring up vaccines. Just, just lightheartedly, in between the appetizer round and the main course. Just, let's just talk, or let's talk uh, race relations. Or, or let's, let's talk the reopening of our Oregon, if you're in this state. And are we going too fast? Or are we going too slow? Let's talk about policing. Let's talk about any. You, you, you see where I'm going. Anything is a cause of stress. Even in good family relationships, we're in an environment that's just so hostile. And, and I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm saying we need to recognize it. Because if we don't, our soul is going to be impacted. Uh, so it could be broken relationships. It could be unmet expectations. Uh, when you were young, you envisioned something different than you're having right now. I mean, just think of your younger self. And if you are young, think a little bit younger, you know, like two years ago or a year ago. Are things the way you thought they would be? No. And how we deal with unmet expectations. You thought if I just do well in school, people will pay me a lot of money. And you're realizing, nope. They don't care that you got good grades. And the job you wanted is not there yet. And, and, and it's not like anything bad has happened to you. It's you didn't get what you expected. Or I'm this age and I should be this far along relationally and I'm not. Or I fell in love with the person and it turns out they're not the person I thought they would be. We all have... unmet expectations, or as a parent, you need to know this, that you think that your parenting will lead to a result in your child, and you realize, I think I'm wrong. 
My, and if you have multiple kids, you just know it. The first kid was really easy. Everything was smooth. You're a great super parent. Second kid was hard. You realize, uh-oh, same parents, same house, same amazing dad. And, and <laughs> that was me. Same, same, and how could they be so different? Or you raise them this way, and they're not the way you raise them. And what that is, is an unmet expectation. You thought something was supposed to happen, only to find out life didn't turn out that way. God, notice how God gets brought into the psalm. Where are you? Why are you not? Why have you abandoned me? Why are my enemies winning? Why am I losing? All of these, I think, are probably touching you at some deeper level, right? Right now, I can't tell because you're masked, but I know inwardly, Something has resonated with something I said. Okay, you know what that requires? This psalm, which is lament. What is a lament? We don't use that word, but the psalms have various kind of categories. There's worship and praise. There's kingly psalms. But the majority, the largest category of psalm of the 150 are lament. A lament is a cry out for help in trouble. Do you know there are more cries out for help than, song, than psalms of praise. This is instructive, Jesus follower. There are more songs about us crying out in desperation than praise to God. What does that say about the human experience? Yeah, we want to praise God, but there's something wrong sometimes within. What do we do? Now, laments in the psalms aren't just to cry out for help. They're used in a broader sense to express grief and disappointment and pain and suffering. What's the takeaway? You should feel okay with not being okay. You don't have to feel good all the time. You don't have to have a sense of well-being all the time. That's not the Bible writers. The Bible writers seem to be really honest and say, things are not okay. My enemies are winning. I'm losing. And in one sense, I'm going to God, my rock, and saying, why have you abandoned me? And if you've ever felt that way, please do me a favor. Take that. Don't hide it. Don't ignore it. Don't stuff it. Don't pretend. Bring that. Who does the psalmist bring this to? To God. You see, God can take our stuff. As a matter of fact, he's inviting us to bring the real us. And as a church, side note, not related to this message or, or this conversation, but it's real important. If you're a part of this community and someone comes in, let's not expect, hey, how you doing? Everything's great. It's like church face and then real face. It's okay when you come here to say, you know, it has been a really challenging week. Can we just choose to be the people who step into that with love and say, oh, wow. And then ditch the gathering and say, hey, We'll come, we could always live stream that or watch it later. Tell me more about what's really going on. See, that's what, to me, that's what church is. It's not a show. It's where God's people meet from all sorts of spaces, and we really meet with God. And sometimes the meeting with God is a one-on-one conversation saying things are not okay. Now, that is not an excuse for you to get up right now and say, Jose said leave and have brunch. Um, but we need to be those kinds of people. All right, that's the setup. Now we're going to very quickly 
Just look at what we do. Because Psalms are not just beautiful pictures. They're actually instructive. What do we do? The Psalms are the book of hope. And the hope what we get from this comes from the parallel lines, from the vivid imagery, and from the repetition. We're going to see exactly what we're called to do. Three things, write them down. It's easy to write. It's easy to say. It's harder to do. Very harder. First thing, write it down, is I remember. Verse four, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God in times of trouble, when we're tempted, when we're tested, when we feel like we're not really measuring up, when we're hurt, our, our natural tendency is gonna to be to remember the bad. Even after a great day, isn't it terrible how quickly we, we could have like a great day. One thing happens at home and it ruined it. Ever happened to you? Like one thing. And then you had all, 10 things went well, but one thing, it's like one dark color can mask over all the beautiful pastels. Just drop black on top of it and it seems to cover all those beautiful colors. And so in the same way, the psalmist says, what do I do? I Remember, so practical note, this is something you can do. And if you don't already have it, I encourage you to do it. Uh, if you have a phone, it's really easy. You probably have the notes app. If not, if you're paper and pen, fantastic. Write down today, if you don't already have it, specific things that God has done for you. Where, where has God been faithful? What the psalmist says is, he, you know what he remembers? His time going to worship. Because right now, God seems so distant, but he's like, you know what? I remember when I was in the festive throng, poetic language, when he was in the crowd of people worshiping God. And when they walked up to worship, they would recite the Bible. They knew it by heart. And people would walk down the road to go up to the tabernacle or the temple, and they would literally recite and sing the Bible and so what he remembers is like, right now I don't feel like the Bible's alive, but I remember being in the crowds and hearing God's word, and I remember being with God's people, and then I remember that that person from that other village was telling me about how the crops were going to dry up, but God provided rain, and then he could eat, and he rejoiced in the goodness of God. And then I met that person. He's got some side business and God provided an opportunity to sell more and he could provide for his family. And, and he remembers the faithfulness of God. And can I just suggest some of our soul um, sadness comes from a short memory. We just don't remember. And so do me a favor right now, while things are good or things are not horrible, make your list of God's faithfulness. And just on the top of the note, write the word faithful. And then you just, look, but don't get generic. Like the sun rose this morning. Okay, it rises every morning. No, like what did he do for you? And what that will do is it will give you the place to go back to and, and yes, go to the Psalms in your trouble, but it will be your Psalm. You'll go back. And you'll say, God, you did that. And you know what you'll be doing. You'll be speaking to your soul. Because the second thing we see is in verse 5. I speak to my soul. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Some of you, I'm just curious. How many of you have ever found yourself talking to yourself? Any, any of you people? Some, okay, this is, these are the wise people. Because I'm in, I'm in the wise group. 
I think we, we ought to learn, and if it's not out loud, um, that's okay. But I would encourage you, as crazy as it sounds, to talk to yourself out loud. Talk to yourself. Tell yourself what's true. By the way, that's what the Psalms are. When you're singing a song, you are not singing to the air. You are singing to your soul. That, that song that you love, the reason you're singing it is because it speaks to the deepest place of who you are. And so what we want to do is we want to learn the art of, as Jesus followers, speaking to our soul. And you know what you want me to say to my soul? Why are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed? Jose, why are you disappointed in God? And then what the psalmist does is our, our order. I remember, I talk to myself and I tell myself, God has been faithful. And Jose, if God has been faithful to you and to you and to you, he will be faithful to me. And then I look at the Bible and I think of the whole trajectory of all these men and women and young and old who are in hard places and God got them through. And then I tell myself, oh, wait a minute, I'm not David, but I'm a human and I'm not Moses but I'm a human, I'm not Joshua, and I'm not Peter, and I'm not James, and I'm not John, but I love God. And, and I, I, I speak to myself. And you say, Jose, that sounds a lot like, you know, positive thinking. Okay, it is positive. And I am thinking, but it's exactly what the Bible does. The Bible writers speak to themselves and say, soul, why are you down? And then they continue in the psalm to speak of the goodness of God. Look at verse 7. Deep calls the deep and the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me, a.k.a. I am drowning. God, you're causing me to drown. And then verse 8. He's speaking to his soul. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me. Verse 9, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? My, verse 10, my bones suffer mortal agony. He's able to bring all of it to God. And can I just suggest, when you come to God, come to him with everything. He comes with the good. He comes with the bad. And, and, and write down this one line, because I think this pulls, pulls all this together. The third thing we're supposed to do, I will put my hope in God. Look at the end of verse 5. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So, so we remember what God's done, and we speak it out loud. We say it, and then we tell our soul, you can trust yourself. You can trust your friend. You can trust your parents. You can trust your neighbor. You can trust your church. You know what? I'm going to trust God. And in the end, it doesn't necessarily change his circumstances. And this is what we need to remember because we're used to quick fixes. This isn't a quick fix. It's, it's, it's Christian reality. It's saying, God, I believe you exist and that you're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So I am disturbed and I'm going to be honest. I'm going to remember how faithful you've been. I'm going to pour out my, my, my stuff to you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I feel like my bones are in agony. I feel like my soul's messed up. I feel like you've forgotten me. But God, I'm going to put my hope in you. 
And at the end of the day, I'm going to trust you even if no one else trusted you. Write this down. Help comes when our hope is in the right person. Not in ourselves, not in our strength, not in our network, not in our connections, not in time, not in luck. Hope comes when we put our trust in God. And if God did, God will do. Now, I hope at this point you're getting the tension. Because there is a tension. It is okay to say, I'm trusting God and not have the answers. As a matter of fact, what we want is, this is what we want, we just don't get it. What we want is to have everything neatly explained and then trust God. And that is not the Bible. What you see in the Bible, the, the heroes of the faith, are people that trust God despite their circumstances. So Abraham could say, I'm going to be a dad, even though his wife cannot conceive. And even though he's as old as dead, he and Sarah somehow must enough to say, well, God, if you said it, it's going to happen. And they wait more than 15 years for it to happen. That's not a quick fix. So we can be the people who hope in God with attention, that means that your questions are not going to all be answered. And your whys are not, not all going to have a resolution. And if that's discouraging, uh, that's just reality. So in the middle of it, let me just ask you the question, what's your disappointment? What is your disappointment? What is it that's troubling your soul? Mom, uh, moms, I hope you have today experientially a little bit of a lift. If the dishes are there in the sink, that they're done in Jesus' name. I hope, I hope that you have a nice lunch. I hope that you have good memories. I, I hope that today is filled with some joy. But the reality of it is this world is filled with trouble too. So we have to, we have to come to grips with the fact that there are, I can follow Jesus and deal with highs and lows at the same time. But my call is to to follow Jesus through it all. Remember I told you, look for repetition? Here's your assignment. I'm not going to give you the answer. Look through the psalm and underline the number of times the author says, my God. Or, my Savior. I want you to scurry through. What you're going to find, it's at the beginning, it's at the middle, and it's at the end. What, what does it come down to? Is this person is able to say, this is not theory this is my reality. I am following God. And if God is a savior, I'm gonna trust in him. Friend, Jesus is satisfying, even this world isn't. Jesus is trustworthy, even when your spouse isn't. Jesus is faithful, even when your friends abandon you. Jesus is stable when our culture is so unstable. Jesus is the one who gives us hope. And so the resolution to our problem and yeah, it's the pat answer to every question in church is Jesus. Jesus is who we need. And so the call today and every day is to put our hope in him. So here's what we want to do. We want to practice what we've been talking about. So I'm going to ask you to stand. Our band's going to come. And we're going to respond with speaking to our soul. I want us to take these next couple of songs that we have and make them like a soul cleansing for us. And what we're going to do is we're going to sing them because, because saying the words out of our mouth 
It may not change my circumstance, but it can change my perspective. And so the call to worship God is also soul healing. It really is. And when we worship and we focus our attention back on him, it does something to the character of what's going on within. And that, my friend, will give you true, genuine, grounded, biblical hope to make it through anything. All right. Um, as, as we get ready to sing the song, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to do it at home as well. I want you to take these hands of yours that can be in any number of places, okay? They could be in my pockets. Yeah, I'm not sure. They could be like this. I dare you. Or, or they could be like this. And when my hands are open, it says something to my soul. And I'm not exaggerating. So I'm going to ask you to indulge me. Take your hands, if you can, and put them out. Close your eyes if it makes you less, feel less weird. And take your hands. And I want you to think of one faithful thing that God has done on your behalf. Like specific faithful act of God towards you. And before we sing this song, I want you to release that out with your mouth and just say to God, thank you. Whatever that is, whatever those things are, hopefully it's more than one, but give us at least one at, at home. Do it out loud. Like, God, thank you for, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for bringing me to this city at this time to serve with these people. Lord, thank you for Ryan to my side. And Meredith, to my, thank you for these friends, these faithful friends to serve you with. Thank you, Lord. You got your list. Get your, get your list, not just in your head. Get it out of your mouth. Whisper it if you're afraid. Yell it if you don't care. Just get it out of your mouth. And then these songs of, that we've got can just continue that. Speak, speak to your soul the words of God. Speak to your soul with words of worship to Jesus. And then uh, we'll come back and we'll take communion together in, in just a few moments. Let's sing this song together.